Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. There's a place, a beautiful, interactive world where we are actively growing a new story for humanity and a more sustainable, peaceful, just, and united earth. It's called One World, co-created for World Unity Week. In the midst of our changing and challenging times, we have an unprecedented opportunity to unite as a global community in purposeful and creative action. World Unity Week is a celebration of this transformative potential, and you are invited to participate. And today, I have two guests with me who are the creators of One World, helping all of us to connect and navigate the One World together. And I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your heart and mind, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce them both. Becky Suzik spent 20 plus years in traditional old story corporate communications and running her own PR agency and then erupted out of her head, flowed into her heart and began reimagining a new story for media and communications. Becky's sacred work in addition to being raised by her three children is Joy Fuel, a mixed media unforced dedicated to spreading stories of kindness creativity and joy through the joy fuel con- kind cast i want to say that i'm going to spell that for you because i wanted to quickly go through it and i love the play on words here it's kind cast k i n d c a s t social media and her heart themed play shops her work aspires to inspire a shift from logical mind to heart mind where thinking and feeling combine towards a life lived with greater joy and creative expression. And John Elliott Raymer is an entrepreneur, civic leader, inventor, musician, and co-founder of several collaborative technology companies and deep social networks. He launched the International Campaign for Compassionate Cities that led the effort to make Seattle the world's first city to affirm Karen Armstrong's Charter for Compassion. As a result, there are over 450 similar compassionate community campaigns around the world. In 2012, John conceived of and produced Compassion Games, Survival of the Kindest, that has to date served over 18 million people. Let me say that again, 18 million people. People. The impact is amazing. And in 2018, he formed the Sign Alliance and Sign Network, which stands for Synergized Impact Network Exchange. It's a global collaboration that fuels collective empowerment. And both of these beautiful human beings are so much more than the bios I just read. I encourage you to go to the show page, click on their links, and find out more. So, welcome, John and Becky. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Julie. It's an honor to be here. Oh, thank you. Becky, it's good to have you here for the first time. 
I am so excited. I just am I'm full of joy and so grateful to have this time together with you, Dr. Julie and John. Excellent. Well, Becky, I've had John on my show before. Yes. So I've had him answer my traditional first question. So I'm going to address this to you, Becky, because I think this will be fun to hear your response. Can you share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Mm. Mm. That is a beautiful, immense question. And um, mm. the interconnected, interrelated, every all. <laughs> I recently had the privilege of giving a sermon uh, on that particular topic and honoring the teachings of the Diné that we more more um, uh, unrightly know, but know as Navajo teachings of Hojo, which is the beauty way and so much more, the connectedness. And to me, I feel and believe and just aspire to live that what I see in others is in myself is a mirror and that what I find in myself is in others and also that we are connected through joy potentiality and also honoring of the grief that we're connected through grief and suffering and and in moving in the world moving through the world that um, I aspire to do things to alleviate unnecessary suffering while honoring the suffering that uh, that comes through grief as well and also to do things to animate joy because that is such an important thing to honor in our interconnectedness as well Mm, beautiful. Becky, I'm so glad I asked you that question. That was a beautiful response. And and literally just I, I could feel this vibration of unity and your deeper spiritual foundation of that as it was coming through your words. It was really beautiful. Thank you for that. Before we talk about World Unity Week and One World, I'm sure our listeners are, are, are wondering, what is One World? Let's first expand the conversation around this theme of unity and all things connected like we just talked about. And I'm going to begin with you, John. I really want to know, John, what is your story? What does unity mean to you? And why are you personally called to help facilitate this global online gathering? Mm. Well, you know, the, the tag for your show, if I heard it right, was like, Breaking through the illusion of separation. Yes, yes. Right. I think that is very wisely put. Illusion of separation. It's like all things connected. At the moment you say all things, it's like they're all separate. And then you say, well, how are you going to connect them? When in truth, they've always been and always are connected. It's this idea of a differentiated wholeness. And... uh the fact that you frame it as an illusion, I think, is really important uh, because we're born into a conversation about who we are and how we relate to the world that may, in fact, not be the way we relate to the world at all. And I think that's what we're, we're waking up to, the prior unity of the and the oneness of the human family. It's only in this illusion of separation that we can do the horrific things we do to each other and somehow live with ourselves when we don't want to confront the pain that comes from that separation and and that illusion. I mean, it's a, it's a dream of mine that we continue to awaken and remember that we are one, 
that the hurt of one is the hurt of all and the honor of one is the honor of all. It's the only way out that I see that's going to get us through this is our own individual awakening to that oneness. So I love your show and I love that you point out the illusion, breaking through the illusion of separation. That's why this work is calling to me to put a call out for unity, especially at this time, given the way the pandemic has impacted so many of us. It gives us a chance to, to rethink some really important questions that maybe we've just assumed are the way they are, when in fact they are an illusion. Mm. That's powerful, John. Thank you. And, and Becky, I'd love to hear you address the same thing. What What is your story and how does unity um, come into your life and personally call you to step forward in this larger leadership capacity on a global scale? Mm, thank you so much. Um, mm, I am learning. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about unity, unity consciousness and the interconnectedness of all things, like I shared a few minutes ago. And unity me is looking for the things that unify us while honoring the things that make us different and finding ways to create safe spaces for for pain to be expressed and released and not to deny the things that have divided us but to find the things that we can unify around to move through them and to find places to offer each other's um, lights and gifts that, that we have to give and unity is work. There are times of disharmony in, in aspiring for unity and to not rush, rush past it, but to take the time and presence when something comes up that is disharmonious to, to breathe and to create spaces to listen to each other, to understand, and, and um, not necessarily to form a response, but to have sacred listening first, to deeply listen to come to learn another person's heart and, and, and oppression or suffering or problem if you're dealing with a situation and then from that space of deep listening find that connection with another person or in a group and then to move through to a possible solution to co-create harmony again and we have to in well we have it's more than endure we have to experience the disharmony for us to move through different situations to come into unity so it feels very circular um it feels like a movement of up you know we we love to use the the abbreviation capital u capital p for our team up unity and purpose you know we are moving up together towards unity and it is beautiful sacred work mm. Indeed. Beautiful, sacred work. You know, you both cover the same but very different um, nuances of the aspects of unity here. And, I, you know, from, from the personal relationships and the grieving back to even the science and ancient spiritual traditions showing us that we've always been connected, like John said. So the unity movement, I just want to put this in here, drop this in here for some conversation for a moment. The unity movement really encompasses so many social change agendas from, from peace, social justice, interfaith cooperation, nuclear disarmament, climate concerns, and sustainability to the health of human relationships and 
all life on planet Earth. So this is very broad. The call is broad and all-encompassing. I'm wondering what aspects of unity are really important to you that perhaps you want to, to draw out today in this more global conversation for us because um, it it's, you know, unity unifies. And here we have, it feels like at times we can jump on the bandwagon of social activism and, and go toward what our personal passion project is. And like you said, the unity and purpose, what our individual purpose is. But unity brings all those together and really healing this wound of separation like John you were mentioning earlier it seems like when we understand prior unity we understand climate and social justice and interfaith cooperation and even the nuclear disarmament in such a different way so I'm just dropping that in if either of you feel I know it's a lot it's a mouthful and it's a lot but can either of you just pick that up and yeah. let's expand that. Go, John, go. You can pick that up. Because <laughs> actually where I want to go is beyond the words. Mm. I think that's part of what we're tuning to. Um, that that's a relevant space. That second attention, you know, beyond the words. That's why your time taking to breathe in together. That's why so much of unity is reflected in expressions like music. Jonathan Granoff asked me, what's the most important instrument in the orchestra? I didn't know. He told me it's the tuning fork. Mm. He's exactly right. Mm. And so when we're in tune with ourselves first and then each other, all of those issues that you listed, and there's so many more, can be looked at with new eyes because we do recognize our responsibility. It's a very natural thing to care. We're not inherently greedy and evil people. We are not born hating. The beautiful thing is when you trust the sheer love of life and the love of each other, we can work through any issue. Now, there has to be, like Becky was speaking about, in Ho's Ho and the Danelle world, they have safe and supportive places for emptying. Mm. Remember, Patricia said, your culture doesn't know how to empty. She says, and emptying is not venting. And today, or I don't know when this is going to play, or this is the day after George Floyd, the anniversary of his death. And we could see the challenges we face. And if we don't have places to empty, to honestly go through the grieving and to not bypass the suffering, but to honor it, we're not going to make the progress we need to make. And I think we're up for it. I think that's the exciting thing about this time is that there is a growing recognition that through this media, we can connect, we can expand our capacity to be with ourselves and beyond our first attention and to tune into, you know, silence is action. And what is in that unseen world that's pulling all of us together at this time? That's the great mystery. But I think that's where the unity lives. Mm. Thank you, John. Your voice has even dropped into that spacious sacredness. You know, it's just like um, yummy in that moment, just listening to you talk about that place, even from that sense of silence. It's just dropping in. Becky, do you 
do you feel compelled to expand on that at all? Mm. Sacred listening. I mentioned that before. And our ability to hear a story that we don't understand or or a suffering and to just be open to have an emotion that we might not want to feel and to just move through that deep listening space like John mentioned, Patricia Ann Davis, who is Dine Choctaw. She's an indigenous elder, wisdom keeper and wisdom giver. <laughs> She's blessed me and so many of us with some of her extraordinary teachings about the indigenous ceremonial change process. And in emptying, like John mentioned, there is a circle of hearts of listeners to hold to hold the pain and the story and to accept it as it is that it then can become something else that it may become an expression of a person's gifts that they discover through the wounds that they've endured that when we honor the wounding that we have, we may discover our gifts and find ways to express them in the world. And to me, I feel we're reaching towards unity the more we can create spaces for people not only to share their wounding, but to honor their gifts, our our unique gifts, our unique stories and the things that we came here to do. Each of us were born with these, and so many of us have forgotten what they are. And to come back into them, if we don't know what they are, to start with a curiosity. What is it that I'm curious about? Because our gifts are not necessarily the thing that is easy to us or that we are necessarily perceived as gifted at. Our gifts actually, like like the work that I'm privileged to be part of with World Unity Week and working with John, there are great challenges in the expression of, of my gifts that, that I may bring and that I, I move through them and, and just want to grow my heart in, in my expression of gift giving. And it is not easy. And when we show up in our gifts, there's just so much that, that we can bless and be blessed by when we're willing to open to that work and the beauty of, of the giving and the beauty of the receiving. Mm. I heard, I heard John, I heard you do the same thing. Mm. <laughs> so beautiful, so beautiful. This is um, really, you're bringing this invitation really home to each of us. I mean, it really lands in my heart and in my body. And we're really talking about more of this embodied response to unity that's all of ours it begins within and and taking responsibility and that honoring and i love a place to empty which isn't a place to vent you're you're bringing in some really um sacred tradition here and you're bringing in very traditional healing and therapeutic responses to the ills that are created from these wounds of separation. So I really appreciate that. I'm just going to give you each just a moment if you want to expand. I have a, another another big topic I want to shift in after our break, but just in a, a minute or two before break here, I'm wondering um, if you could speak more directly to this 
personally taking responsibility for our own unity, like personally going within and embodying this unity. It is a practice. Um, awakening and remembering. Yeah. Uh, we're always falling asleep. That's the kind of the Heidegger called it thrownness, you know. It's always already happening. Your thoughts and your tendency to tune out. So bringing yourself forward, presencing yourself, and being there for each other. This is the greatest gift and the greatest challenge. Yeah. How about you, Becky? As I was listening to John, I think it's the words of of Rumi that's from that beautiful poem, Don't Go Back to Sleep, (laughs) came to my heart, mind. And uh, um, it is a practice in its work, and it is possible. There are so many possibilities in each of us humans. (laughs) We have so many things to reveal to ourselves. And uh, just being willing to not know all of the answers and to allow ourselves to feel things that maybe we don't want to feel, you know, and, and express them safely and see ourselves in other people. I mean, that's what I try to do. And, and I think of how I came to coming back into my heart. I lived in my logical mind for many years, and I, now I'm, I'm a 50 years old, and in my 30s I had an illness for seven years that woke me back up into my physical body. So I was living so logically, like striving for the carrots and going after the goals and doing, affirming what people saw in me that were my gifts and doing them that way instead of listening to how can I bring my heart into media? How can I, you know, and I'd find little ways of doing it, but it wasn't my complete calling it. I wasn't ready. So Mama Earth gave me an illness that, that worked its way through my body for seven years. And in that, I reconnected with the suffering of, of so much of the earth and humanity and could see my suffering and other people's suffering. And that o- awakened me back to what, what Brother Phil, Chief, Hereditary Chief Phil Lane, has expressed as this journey between the eagle and the condor, the eagle being the north and the masculine and the logical mind and the condor being the feminine and the heart and that there we can create a pathway between our our mind and our heart and it, it feels to me that that could be the most extraordinary beautiful journey and most challenging of all to reconnect those aspects of ourselves in a culture and in a world that is trying to keep us in our mind and in our brain and in our logical thinking. Becky, I'd, I want to expand on that a minute um, and, and start with you here because you mentioned in a world that's trying to, it's kind of like this prohibited um, enculturation that we've had of, of really being stuck in this illusion of separation that, that John was talking about. But you started by saying it is possible. Unity is possible. What do you say to those who say, yeah, right, look at our world, look at this. It's been centuries of da-da-da-da-da, you know those naysayers. What do you say, Becky, today to those who question whether global unity, world unity is possible? 
Well, I gently, over a, a long period of time, if <laughs> I'm talking with someone, I, I discover where they're placing their attention. Our greatest currency of all, our greatest gift of all, our greatest presence is presence. Our greatest present is presence. And discover with whom I'm, I'm sharing and, 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 you know, befriending to come to know where their attention is being placed. And the consumption of so many things, we, we've forgotten we have choices about where we place our attention. And we also have choices about what we choose to believe in the world. And sometimes the, the, the belief of, of unity not being possible somehow brings us a suffering joy. It's like, the, you know, like I feel good about things being so awful or, you know, <laughs> and if, that may work for some people. That may be, you know, I, I, I like to help us or help them really start with myself. Like what, what in myself can I do to, to elevate towards unity? And if people are interested in talking, like I listen and, and then want to understand that for themselves, for them to have that experience of themselves. Like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm watching this, this television station all the time and it's telling me the state of the world. And that's why I believe what I believe. And it's not to say necessarily that the things that that person is watching, that there aren't many layers of truth in that. And then it's my favorite word, and, so and that may be true, and there is a whole world of possibility that is beyond that, that we can co-create and that we can imagine, like Rumi, I love Rumi, but out beyond the, 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 you know, the right, the field, there's a field out beyond right and wrongdoing. There's a field, and I'll meet you there. That's the unity consciousness. That's the unity possibility. And it's work. It's not waking up day after day and, and listening to the same thing that's making you feel badly all the time. It's saying, you know what, I'm going to do it a little differently today. I'm not going to start by listening to, the, to that particular story. And it's not to deny that it's happening or that it's that the grief is there, that's the sadness of the world, but to say, I'm going to put my focus somewhere that I'm going to find joy or hojo, honoring that, that beauty way. Find beauty. Where can I find beauty right now instead of feeding the, this, the hungry ghost in myself that wants to consume this sadness? Um, the hungry ghost speaking to the Buddhist, um, um, beautiful um, Buddhism. Um, so um, I think that that would be something that, that I would would want to over time come to understand not not preachy you know but just to lean in and say hmm how do you how is it that you believe that and how does that feel for you how do, do you want to keep feeling that or, or do you want to feel something different wow becky that is so much wisdom in that response and um i love how you are leaning into that naysayer you're literally going into their world deep listening practicing everything that we've talked about and yeah it is work it is practice john what would you say to the naysayer well you know um probably wouldn't call him a naysayer yeah <laughs> uh because the thing i've to coexist we've got to make it so that everybody's certainty no matter how undesirable, is legitimate. Mm. That it starts there. That the conflicting interpretations that can sometimes lead us to kill each other over are, are really getting in the way. And we need to make room for the fact that others can see things very differently and that we ourselves can change our view of things. 
it's it's so much to me about music. It's so much to me about learning how you make music with artists who maybe play very differently than you do and find that pulse. There is that common subdivision. There is the in and out breath of life. There are things we all of us share. And when we go back there and come back from there, maybe we can have a little more room for each other and recognize that these uh, views that we don't hold, no matter how undesirable, are legitimate for the people that hold them. And they have a right to that. And I respect that. And I hope they respect my right to view things as I view things. But the, the patriarchy, the history of power over, it's just no longer going to work. We can see it clearly. So for me, unity is, it isn't even something that, um, you know, it's just a desired outcome. It's where you got to start from. We got to start from the fact that, that, that with love, we can respect our differences and, and value that and see that we can connect through our similarity, but then innovate through our diversity and use the difference in, to be discovering new worlds and to discover things. I remember when the woman from the Amazon, Becky Warner, she said, there are no addresses in the Amazon. There are no addresses in the jungle. It's like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's another view of the world than the way I see things. Maybe we all need to be open to that in ways we haven't been before and challenging ourselves in ways we haven't before. How can that unity be revealed if it's, you know, ours on over everyone else's? Thank you, John. That was that was brilliant as well. And I really appreciate the um comment of to, to innovate around our diversity that unity does not mean that we are all the same it's not a monoculture that we're striving for here in this conversation it really is to embrace the beauty of our diversity and really truly understand the uniqueness of of who we are who we be those gifts that were mentioned that that's an essential part of our wholeness, our collective wholeness as a species on this planet. So thank you both for bringing that in. This has been a powerful conversation thus far. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll have so much more with John Raymer, Becky Suzik, and World Unity Week. We'll be right back. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, mentor a kid who needs someone on their side, volunteer to read to children, make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. The path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. When every moment matters and a life is saved, when someone gives blood, when a hand reaches out, that moment when heartbreak turns to hope, you're there. 
through the American Red Cross. Down the street, across the country, around the world, you help save the day. Every day. Your support truly matters. You can help today. Visit redcross.org. Blue is my favorite color. What's yours? What's yours? Red is my favorite color. What's yours? What's yours? Well, yeller's sweller for this little feller. And me, I'm keen on green. So what's your favorite color? Tell us, please. Kids will spend 20 minutes listening to songs like what's this. What's your favorite color? Tell us, please. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite? How about two minutes to brush their teeth? Brushing for two minutes now can save your child from severe tooth pain later. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. Two minutes, twice a day. They have the time. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives and the Ad Council. There's hundreds of fun and simple things you and your family can do to live a healthier lifestyle. Here's 20 of them. Eat less, eat slower, eat smarter, eat your fruits and veggies, stop eating before you're full, up your fiber, lower your calories, get off the bus early, do some gardening, do jumping jacks, take the stairs, take one, not two, take on a new sport, take a long walk home, walk instead of drive, bend, stretch, reach for the stars, climb the monkey bars, skip the fudge bars. <sighs> Search We Can online to find more ways you and your family can get healthy together. A message from the Ad Council, HHS, and NIH's We Can program. And now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of up coming guests. Again, that's the drjulieshow.com. On the leading edge of personal, social, and global transformation, I invite you to be a way shower, a change agent, and make connections that ex- inspire and accelerate our collective awakening and planetary healing. Stay connected each week with my newsletter and you'll find out so many other things that are going on. You can do that by signing up at juliecrawlemail.com. Again, that's juliecrawlemail.com. And you're going to hear about World Unity Week. Go to worldunityweek.com and you'll find out so much more. You can register. John and Becky are going to tell you how in this next half. So again, we're here with John Raymer and Becky Suzik. You can go to worldunityweek.com. So welcome back, you two. I'm excited to dig in. Yeah, dig into this World Unity Week. And I want to save a little bit of time at the end to really give our listeners a, a some really good news, some really yummy, amazing things that will inspire them and uplift them. So we're going to save a little bit of time toward the end. I want to, I want you all, friends out there, to to really hear so much more of what's happening in the world. But first, we are going to take some time here and dig into World Unity Week, John. This is a time for coming together with a focus on unity, yet it's so much more. Let's talk about the eight-day event. How did it begin, and how is it coming into form this year? It's the second annual World Unity Week. Yes. Well, (laughs) this year has been unlike any other. And last year, 
which uh, Ben Bowler, Unity Earth, who's really the driving force here, um, said that was year zero. I think it was actually, you know, it was perfect that he framed it that way. And, um, and this being year one uh, of this 10-year journey that we frame all of this around, that this is kind of the by 2030 decade when we realize we need massive disruption and new kinds of collaboration. And, and that's what really brought it forth. And the miracle of this last year is in starting with World Unity Week and Becky and I and Unity Earth and the Sign Network, we've been doing many of these online experiences, convergences, convenings, using Zoom and beyond to, uh, and all media, like you see Clubhouse and other things emerging. We, we're, we're connecting. And um, we've realized that this new medium allows you to change the practices. And we've been having more and more immersive experiences, really meaningful connections with people all over the world that in the past maybe we wouldn't have connected with if it wasn't for having to be socially distanced, allowed us to actually open up and spiritually connect and find each other. So we had, I don't know, 25, 30 of these we call convergence rooms. So. It's an open space in the sense that we're encouraging people to bring their voice to a week dedicated to building this world that we know is possible. We're calling One World this year. And it's a blended reality experience. And everyone's rooted in place somewhere, but connecting into this virtual world. And what's really exciting is we're partnering with the folks that do the virtual Burning Man experience. So this immersive experience, and it's called Sparkle. So the whole idea that we can really lean in together and actually not only connect us to do the work that we need to do and, and convene to get that done, we can do some play together like we haven't before and actually envision together what this next 10 years is going to be like as we look to move to a just and sustainable world and using the virus and the tremendous impact it's had really for a great leap forward. And we're January, you know, starting June 19th through the 26th. Everybody's welcome. There's room for your voice there. We have so many well-known folks we'll talk about, but also lesser-known folks. We really do need to be open in ways we haven't been before and use this platform like we haven't before to come together, to weave strategies together, and to turn what we have into what we need to be able to move forward like we haven't before. Unprecedented unified action. John, I want to pause there before we get into more details because you bring in the trajectory of the next 10 years. And I think that's an important piece of this for all of us to really kind of land in and anchor that this is a decade-long process on purpose. And tell our listeners what that means because it's an important decade and many of us have really looked at this 10-year period as an important precipice. Yeah. yeah, well, it's this moment, right? For the next 10 years, moment to moment to moment. Yeah. For the SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, so many things kind of pegged the 2030. And of course, with climate being such an impending, challenging issue, we can't wait 10 years. A lot of people, when I say 10 years, they say, we, we can't wait 10 years. But it does give us a frame. And it does speak to the urgency and the all hands on deck, all hearts on deck moment in which if things aren't going to be different, then they're not, you know, if we don't do things differently, they won't be different. So it's like we're at a moment of we're either going to choose life and we're going to choose to figure this out and take on all the messiness and all the challenges, or we're just going to, you know, allow us to be in this drift 
and wonder, you know, what could have been if we really would have taken this moment and recognized the urgency and opportunity and the joy as well as the challenge. So I think we're at a once in a generation moment. There's a softening that came from the virus, the genuine suffering, and we're not done with it. But also maybe that's what's going to give us, like they say, a crisis is a terrible opportunity you don't want to miss. And we're not going to miss this one. And that's why so many of us are going to be there in June and beyond saying, okay, this is the time to take these solutions that we have and generate the will to actually bring the change forth that needs to happen. I love how I heard you refer to the pandemic that as a softening instead of a suffering. You had said that. And I'm like... Oh, and then I heard suffering, and it's like, yeah, it, it has been a softening and a suffering for us. Becky, how do people get involved if they just want to participate and take things in, if they have an idea and want to, to really dig in and do more? How do people get involved with World Unity Week? Well, first, listening and, and hearing this may be a serendipity for people that you're learning about World Unity Week. and. People can express interest through worldunityweek.org, our website, um, and begin receiving some email love from us through our woo-woo newsletter that comes out and shares reflections on different meetings that we've been having and also lists different training opportunities. And also, we use Facebook, and Facebook, I, I like to intend how to use al the, the algorithms. Like, we, we can't control how the algorithms are going to take what we share, but I, I want us to create really beautiful content, meaningful, unifying content on the facebook.com forward slash World Unity Week Facebook page, where we also have our events listed, including our information sessions that are on Wednesdays and our trainings that are, are becoming uh, more. We, we've been doing them on Thursdays, but we're adding many more trainings. And the, the, I think that, you know, there's a lot of ways in, but it's like, to me, people say, well, what do you need the most help with? I'm like, well, when you hear all this, what brings you joy? Does it bring you joy to think, I, I want to come and I want to look at different offerings and I want to attend? Or does it bring you joy to think, hmm, you know, I actually have something that I want to share. There's another person that I'd like to offer a, a host an event with and, and do a presentation. And I want to share what I believe in and help other people with, with what I'm experiencing. So there are many different ways, and it just starts by opening your, your inbox or, or uh, checking out some more of our information on our, on our uh, media. And... Um, you know, I just, I'm so grateful for World Unity Week. It, it, the words World Unity Week were the magnet, were the light. I was the moth to the, to the flame last year. And um, I was not on the initial team that organized it. It was John and Ben and many others. But I got drawn in and thought I was supposed to present. But when I got there, actually, I, I, I did present, but that was not why I was there. I realized I was there because... Perhaps for all my life, there were things that I learned that I could bring forth and support others in amplifying what, what they have to offer as a marketing and a PR person, that I could actually market and communicate and do public relations for unity and love, which I had never really thought was possible. You know, I was waiting for it. I remember saying, where's the PR person for kindness? And I was looking... And then suddenly, somehow, I became one of many public relations people that are dedicated to kindness and to unity. So 
So it starts by just following a bit of curiosity and feeling in and listening and feeling where and how you might like to potentially contribute your presence or your gifts during World Unity Week. Excellent. John. Bravo. Yeah. Thank you, Becky. And and John, I'm wondering if you can help our listeners um, understand how are they going to navigate all these offerings and, and like see a schedule of events, there's music, there's speakers, there's conversations, there's a lot. How do we navigate this? What's, how do we enter this portal and, and where do we go once we're there? Right. Okay. Worldunityweek.com and worldunityweek.org are the same. Yes. Just so people know that that's the first thing go there and register. And, um, you can play a different role. You can just come and attend. There's going to be so many amazing offerings happening throughout the eight days. It's an eight-day week, by the way. Um, but you can also say you want to volunteer, like Becky's talking about. If you know Zoom skills or you want to be a part of the production team, that would be great. But you can also host an event. And that's where we're inviting people to bring their gifts. And so you get on that form that you'll receive to let you participate, your participation form. You could say, hey, I want to attend. I want to volunteer. I want my organization to be a co-convener. I want to host an event. And based upon those different ways you respond, we'll be able to support you in offering up your presentations and performances, whatever you want to call your event. You could do that. You can also, um, like I said, be a co-convener because we do want to share this widely. And we have some of the, the tools to do that. The sign network is connected up to all these different Facebook pages that people are sharing with each other. So from these offerings happening inside these different convergence rooms. We'll be streaming them out live so people can watch live or then come back and see the pre-records. So there's lots of ways to play. And this is a kind of an example of a kind of mass collaboration. People like Deepak Chopra, Vandana Shiva, Jane Goodall, I mean, very well-known voices realize how important this time is. But we also want to keep the door open for everybody's voice. There'll be an open space. We're actually building what we call the magic canoe and the project magic canoe 2030 is what we're using to talk about this next 10 year period but there's lots of room everybody's welcome we're here to serve this journey home and we're inviting you to come and be a part of it. julie you'll be there I'm proud I will. and you know you can hear the quality in Becky and Julie, this way of being with each other, this is what we want. This is the beloved community that Dr. King was talking about. We are being this way with each other. And everyone's coming in. You can hear them. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for this time with you, Julie. You're a gift to the world. And you can you know, count on me to be there for you and for Becky and for all of us together during World Unity Week and beyond. This is just the beginning, like we say, of a 10-year journey in this magic canoe. Excellent. Well, I want to talk about that mass collaboration and this literally is a trans-organizational initiative that we're we're really hosting here. But first, I just want to um, check in with both of you and ask, what is your personal hope for the outcome of this week? John, let's start with you. Well, it's a discovery process. It's emergent. Uh, We keep discovering the possibilities we hadn't seen before. Here's a good example. So Gidden Rosenblatt, one of uh, 26 years echo piece in the Middle East, 
Palestinians, Jordanians, and Israelis working together to restore the Jordan River. And they put forward uh, not too long ago this blue-green deal for the Middle East, which is dealing with water. And so many themes around water are emerging, and we are committed to using this one of the themes for this week to take on initiatives like that. There's water issues down in the Amazon and what's happening there that are profound. We've been connected to, we'll be bringing those voices together. And imagine that we really all around the world say, let's restore the Jordan River and let's use the technologies that are there to deal with the equitable issues around water. Instead of trying to resolve the conflict that has to get resolved, let's start producing results together. And there are really these kind of practical on the ground solutions that are available to us. We just sent six drones down to the Amazon so people can start to see firsthand from the people that are there and have been there for time immemorial what's happening to those lands and those waters there that affect all of us. So we're going to see unbelievable expressions of what unity looks like when people get aligned to do something. That was kind of the theme. Let's do something. And let's turn this goodwill into the kind of actions that actually are changing lives and making things better on the ground. Mm. Wonderful. Becky, what's your hope for the outcome of World Unity Week? Mm. I have as many hopes as people who will find their way into the magic canoe of World Unity Week. (laughs) What we discovered in the co-creation of World Unity Week last year and other convergences that we've been blessed to support and be part of is in the reflective process afterwards, we discovered that it meant so many different things to every person, that it, it wasn't just one thing. It wasn't just unity. It wasn't just, you know, the, the, the person that had to care about a particular thing, that it completely expands our hearts and our understanding. It seemed that for most people, um, the feedback that we had. And so I just, I am so excited and simultaneously tired, but so like committed and excited and determined (laughs) what we're co-creating will be those possibilities, you know, space for those possibilities for us to discover what it will be. What what will it be when we look back over, over the time and we look back at the week and say, what did we do together? Let's do something together. And what did we just do? What did we just experience? And so it's, it's astonishing, and, um, and and my hope is that as many hearts and souls that can be blessed by this find this. That's that's my my hope, and uh, and we're, we're gathering so many more people to offer their gifts of their time and their energy in the cultivation and the way John was expressing in the different volunteer roles as well. So um, so it's going to be a great big surprise reveal <laughs> on, on June. <laughs> I love that. There's such a truth in the myriad different expressions and experiences of the different people. So I just want to bring in one last time, just close with this idea of of mass collaboration. I really want people to understand all the good that's happening in the world. So let's just invite our listeners to breathe and presence this prior unity that we're talking about. We're all expressions of an already existing wholeness and inherent unity with all life. And this World Unity Week is one of those expressions of of how we can come together in an undivided whole living system, our planetary super organism coming together to experience ourselves 
as whole right now. So as we consciously evolve in this trajectory, this 10 years that we're talking about and where we're really looking at unity is possible, you both, John and Becky, are leaders within this evolutionary trajectory of building cooperative communities and networks that care for all life. We talk about this on my show all the time, and I think that 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 piece is so important that it is our time to build cooperative communities and networks that care for all life. So many refer to this time as networking the networks and weaving the weavers. Can you both share with our listeners, what are some of the other positive and exciting initiatives and stories? John, you just shared one from the Middle East and the the focus on water. Other than World Unity Week and your personal work, what are some of those other positive and exciting things we're seeing all around the planet? Because we're used to hearing a very Western perspective of what's happening, and we get we kind of get boxed in in our own networks of seeing what's inside the container. And both of you have a better picture of what's out there in the world. Let's spread the good news a bit, John. What do you see happening out there? Obviously, the youth and climate has been a huge waking, huge opportunity for all of us to unite. Um, But the thing that I think is we're discovering is how much power we have by using trust, authentic trust, real accountability, integrity, transparency, the things that are needed to build good relations with each other. And in the sign network, we call it trusted sharing. And it's really at the root of it all because it's, you know, we've been pitched to, we've been lied to for so long in a lot of ways that we grow cynical when people are, 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 you know, not as open and available, but when you pierce that and when you start to build trust based upon commitments to care for each other, when you say you love someone, you say, hey, your concerns are my concerns. If we really believe that, if we really live that way, that we make ourselves available to each other. I can't fix everything and do everything with everybody, but I could start where I am and make sure that the few feet around me are cared for. And the close relationships I have cared for. And hopefully in the process, we'll share that with each other and we'll all get stronger together. We really are better together. And that, for me, is fueled by trust, by vulnerability, by guys being able to talk about their feelings, us being able to share our deepest thoughts. They say in the caves of what we fear is the treasures that we seek. So leaning into this stuff, taking on the challenges of our time with authenticity and love and care and compassion, I think that's the best news of the world right now. That's why someone like Becky Susie is such a joy to be around her. Look how real she is and look how she sees in that grief also the joy. And, and I'm having a ball. I'm really so grateful for Ben and for you and for Julie, you and the whole team of people that are recognizing this is our moment where we are building this canoe everyone's welcome lots of room yeah and john you're before you before we move on you're so networked and you're so committed to to building the network of networks here and give us just an idea i, I i'm 
I just want to pause and honor you for the sign network as well as compassion games and all the things that you're doing. Um, when we talked about 18 million in the introduction, oh. there, there are so many involved in sign even right now. Give us a, that sense. Um, it's very hopeful when we hear this many people are involved, this many organizations are working together intimately in that trust that you express. Yeah. Well, we can reach together over 20 million people. We just look at the people that are directly following the pages that we're the admin on. So that's the trust thing I was referring to before. And we see that that means that when a member goes live, we turn their stream into a wave by supporting each other. That's a good example. Um, but it's only one example of what we could do together. This whole blockchain and what's possible in this next generation of technologies for you know, giving creators the tools to get directly connected to the people that they're working with and serving and empowering us in creative new governance structures. I mean, we're really at a, a turning point. So behavior change at scale is what we need. We know that. Yeah. It, it starts from within, but we really need large scale behavior change that influences the systems that are affecting us. And, and that we can only do from within. So it's this kind of you know, intrapersonal holiness for interpersonal wholeness. That's another bit of wisdom from Patricia. Oh, say that again. Say that again. Intrapersonal holiness for interpersonal wholeness. Ah, oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you, John. Well, we've learned so much from the indigenous world. When you look in this conversation, if you listen back, how many of the most meaningful thoughts and ideas and concepts come from the natural order of things, which is what Native American wisdom is teaching us anyway. It belongs to all of us. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm, thank you. And dear Becky, I love you too. John loves you. I love you too. And I'm thinking about your work as the public relations person for kindness and love and unity on the planet. When you look around at all the different organizations and communities and networks coming together. What do you see? Can you share some good news with our listeners? Mm. <laughs> Let's have another hour, Dr. Julie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, I, I just see real magic. I see this... Uh, I feel like this past year, it's broken us, our hearts open in so many ways and also broken us into a way to use technology instead of being used by it and how we are finding each other. And, and so I think of how I literally feel like I've been around the world and like after a convergence, you know, I, I, I feel like sometimes during the convergence actually, I feel like a satellite around Mama Earth. And the work that I'm doing is I'm figuring out what time is it in Sydney, Australia? And what time is it in the rainforest? You know, like the questions that I'm holding have expanded my own personal connection to Gaia, the, the energy, the, 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 how I'm a piece of the earth. I'm a tiny little Becky-sized piece of the earth. And yet I'm around the world because of the technology and the way we're intending to use it and the way we're pushing the boundaries of how we can use it. The way we're having people doing, you know, volunteering and doing translation, real-time translation in Zoom rooms so that we can create bridges for communication and understanding across what have been historically the, the language barriers. We're breaking through using technology to connect us. And so I think of the Sisters Awana Collectiva in Puya, Ecuador, that John mentioned, and 
what they're doing and how they're using technology to 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 protect and to um, to do some things to try to restore a very hurting part of our earth, a very essential part of our earth. And we, we go in a Zoom room with them and they bless us with the sacred fire, the eighth fire that has been prophesized. And, and there we are sitting in a Zoom room beside their fire, me from Catawba, Tuscarora land here in Raleigh, North Carolina. They from Puya, Ecuador. John from Seattle, Washington, <laughs> Ben Bowler from Australia. I mean, we're like, we're all there together. And it's that, I, I, I've never experienced anything like that. You know, I mean, there's just, I mean, I do, I get to now because we found each other and we're co-creating this together. And so there are so many organizations, there's so many things that just really, as you can tell, animate me and make me feel so grateful. I am so grateful to, to be present for this and to be offering in a small way some direction to help people find a way to have the uplifting experiences that people deserve and the healing experiences that people need. Mm. Your excitement is contagious both of you and I, I really appreciate the the joy that comes through your voice describing all of this and I, I guarantee if you're listening and have never heard about World Unity Week and want to get involved get on those calls you're going to see what Becky is talking about that you're going to be in a room with so many people from around the world and it is a, a beautiful gift to to our planet and to our species here to continue to be in that sacred space together and working together under that tagline let's do something. So we have, I just want to give you each just a minute. We have just a few minutes left here. And if there's anything um, that you haven't said about Unity World or World Unity Week, I want to give you just a, a minute to do that. And let's, let's begin with you, Becky. Oh, just, oh, I, I just have so much love for us humans. <laughs> We have so much to learn and so much to grow through and for, and I just, um, I just, I just want to bless. I want us to bless the earth, bless mm -hmm. each other with sacred listening, with sacred kindness, with our presence, with joy. And um, if you, if this call has attracted you to World Unity Week, I'm so grateful that you found us. You are welcome. You are so welcome with us. Thank you so much, Dr. Julie and John. Wow, this has been really an amazing time to talk together. Thank you. John, any last words? Sorry, I thought I, w I was speaking muted. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a few last words. We're plunging ahead into this unknown. Let's do this together. Mm. Uh, the idea that... Um, with this kind of courage, with this kind of togetherness. Anybody who's listening here knows we know this. Now the chance is to do something together. And the closing statement is from this poem we're writing. You know, magic canoe moving between worlds. Lots of room. Everybody's welcome. Here to serve our journey home. Mm, thank you both for bringing your, your wisdom and, and, and true spirit of unity with us here today. I want to thank you both. And I want to leave you listeners with the words of Kafi Annan. 
we may have different religions, different languages, different colored skin, but we all belong to one human race. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.